In this episode, Katie Singer discusses the personal expenses you can claim against your self-employed income. She also reminds you of the importance of getting your tax return information in as early as possible. Accountancy on Prescription by RBP, one of the leading firms of medical specialist accountants. We know what you find tough, but don't you worry, as we know our stuff. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Accountancy on Prescription. I'm Katie Singer, one of the partners here at RBP, and today I am flying solo and just recording a short podcast about expenses you can claim. So we are always being asked, what can I claim? What can I claim? And I just thought it's a good time of year. If you haven't already done your tax return, please do start thinking about getting that information sent into us or your accountant, because it's very important that you don't let it run away with you and you don't end up sending us in the information in December or January, which is when things get a little bit hectic. And we always prefer to be able to give you plenty of time to save for, hopefully you've already saved for, but just scramble together the remaining amounts of tax if there are any. So yes, I thought I'd jump on today and just go through some of the key expenses that Partners, I don't think, or individuals, I don't think always consider that they should claim against their tax return. So very often, I know you will know if you're a client of RBP at the beginning of the financial year, whether you're a GP partner or a GP locum, you may have a mix of lots of work. We send you out a standard Excel form which is basically a list of all the expenses you can claim. And we say, please pop your numbers in and we'll put those on your tax return. Often, Individuals will just not complete it because let's be honest, nobody can really be bothered to do their tax return. It's always the job that everybody dreads and hates, but I want to change the attitude. Let's make it accessible and let's make it so that you are claiming the maximum that HMRC will allow you to. Because let's be honest, you're spending the money, you're paying for the services anyway, you may as well claim what you can against your income and get the tax relief on it. So the first thing, the largest item that most individuals will claim are their professional indemnity insurance and subscription. So things like your medical defense union, your MPS, MDDUS, BMA charges, GMC, RCGP, all of those, if you are paying them personally, not if you're employed and your surgery is paying them for you, or if you're a GP partner and you've got a group policy, often that will be paid for by the practice. But if you yourself are paying for your own subscriptions, always, always, always put these on your tax return because these are wholly allowable for tax purposes. And in fact, if you're listening and you're a salary doctor and you're also paying your own subscriptions, you can claim these in full as well. It's one of the only things that you can, but you can actually claim these. And these can tot up to quite a large amount, especially if you are more senior in your years or you have minor surgery or you have additional services added on to your insurance. Sometimes these can be in the region of sort of three or 4,000. And if you've got a couple added together, you might might be looking at sort of five or six thousand pounds overall. So it's definitely, definitely worth claiming. The second of the larger items is car expenses or motor expenses. So slight misconception with motor expenses. 
If you have a regular place of work, i.e. if you're a GP partner, driving from your home to the surgery is not deemed to be an allowable business expense, but driving to home visits, driving to hospitals where you may need to see patients, driving to care homes where you may need to see patients, driving to courses and conferences, anything like that, driving to say, I don't know, ad hoc PCN meetings, you can claim as business expense. So what we recommend is that you keep a log of all of your motor expenses. So the first thing is going to be the details of your car, you know, the the price itself. And if you're paying monthly or installments, HP agreements, et cetera, keep a narrative of all of that. But then things that you pay more regularly, the annual insurance, the road tax, the MOT, petrol, cleaning, repairs and maintenance, things like if you have to take it into the garage and get a new tire, all of these expenses do, I'm not saying necessarily we're going to ask to see every single receipt, but do keep a log of them and do add them up and put them on the form that we send out to you. We will then top those all up and claim a business usage. So say you're using your car 30% for business and an easy way of trying to work out what your percentage is, is just to keep a very basic mileage log. So at the beginning of the week, have a look at the mileage. And then in that week, write down all the business driving you do and do this over a period of time. Usually we recommend three months to get yourself a reasonable business usage in the region of 20 to 50% is probably what most individuals claim. Although there is argument for it to be much higher if you are just using your car for business purposes. Again, the higher the percentage you're saying you want to claim, the more we say do keep a log just in case it is challenged by HMRC, which is quite rare, but it could be, and we don't want anybody falling foul of claiming expenses higher than they should. So do keep a note of those. Then we come into sort of expenses which are considered within the home. So the first thing we always ask individuals is, would you like to claim a nominal amount of 10 to 15 pounds a week? I think actually we've increased it in recent years. So it is 15 pounds a week just for sort of using your home as an office. When one has a home, there are no tax implications. If it's your first home slash only home, you don't pay any kind of tax when you sell it. So if you bought your home for £500,000 and you sold it five years later for a million pounds, that £500,000 gain in the sale of your home, you don't pay tax on it. If obviously you have an investment property or you have other assets that you sell, most of you will know you will pay capital gains tax and that will be paid over to HMRC. That doesn't happen with your home. Where we do try and warn clients is if you are wanting to claim pure business amounts for your home property. So if you wanted to say, but I'm actually formally using a room as an office, I want to claim a bit of my mortgage. I want to claim a bit of my heating and lighting and electricity that can have implications further down the line when you come to sell. So we always err on the side of caution. HMRC is happy with a £15 a week claim. That's £780, goes against your tax return. Effectively, that's your share of using your heating and lighting, et cetera, at home. Other home things that you can claim, home telephone, home internet, mobile phone, items like that. Yes, those bills that you pay are going to be predominantly for personal use, 
many, many, many of us will know we're using our mobile phones more and more and more for work. Obviously, if you're listening, please don't call patients from your mobile phone without blocking your number. The last thing you guys want is patients calling you and having your number to be able to get hold of you at any time of any day. But you will find that you are probably using your phone more. Plus, with our smartphone technology now, lots of individuals will be you know, looking up things on their phone for the purposes of work. And so again, the business usage has increased in recent years. So do do make sure you give us a guide of what you're paying for your monthly phone, home and internet bills. And then again, if unsure of a business usage, we can recommend what an appropriate amount might be compared to other individuals who claim. If you're buying a mobile phone or buying a laptop or buying a computer, also do advise us of those because you do claim those against your tax. They are done slightly differently because you get capital allowances for them because they're considered to be capital items, not just like a phone bill. The actual cost of the phone is a capital asset, but you do get a very generous relief from the tax man. So do always advise us if you have purchased a new phone and they are expensive. I mean, what's a new iPhone? It's about 12, 1300 pounds. So do make sure if you've bought one that you are at least getting some tax relief again, because you're going to be buying one anyway, you may as well take advantage that you can get some relief. Then we basically come down to all your other expenses you can claim. So again, if you're familiar with the list that we send out to our clients, we always ask you, did you attend any courses and conferences this year? These could be in the UK, these could be abroad. If they are a genuine course or conference that you have attended to further your knowledge of healthcare or they are to do with you know something that you do for work as long as the majority of the trip that you're there for is for that conference so let's say you went to a conference in America it was a 5 day conference and you flew out the day before and you flew home the day after everything that you've paid for the flights the hotel the cost of the conference itself you would be able to claim as an allowable tax deduction. If you went on a five-day conference, you flew out the day before and you flew home two weeks later, obviously you're not going to be able to claim the two weeks after the conference as an allowable deduction. You know, there will be an element that yes, you did go to the conference, but you also tacked on a holiday. So we would need to work out with you an appropriate claim to make because you couldn't just claim the whole of your holiday because that would be unreasonable for tax purposes. But very often these courses are in the UK. They might be outside of the city you live in. You may have paid a train fare, an overnight hotel stay. Please do let us know of those charges. Again, they go against your income and you get tax relief on them. If ever you have to buy drugs or medical instruments, most of these, of course, will go via the surgery. But if for whatever reason you've paid for them personally and the practice hasn't reimbursed you, please do make sure that you claim those on your tax return. Again, fully tax deductible. Then you have other sort of smaller items, things like paying for subscriptions for medical journals. I say books, but very rare that people actually get magazines and journals in a paper copy anymore. Most of these will be online. Again, paying for the subscriptions of those. Likewise, if you pay for a personal zero subscription, if you're doing your own accounting, for example, and as we move into the future, we may find individuals needing to have their own personal zero subscriptions 
to record their own income should the taxman get his wish, which is where he wants individuals to prepare quarterly tax returns. I can tell you're all very excited at the prospect of doing so. As accountants, you can imagine we are absolutely delighted. So if that is the case, it's very likely that individuals may need to take out their own software subscriptions. And again, that will be allowable. If you have to have to purchase paper or ink cartridges or pens, pencils, anything like that, even though they might feel like ad hoc payments, yes, you might only be spending five pounds on a pack of biros. If you're doing it regularly and you're buying paper and you're buying ink cartridges, you can quickly add up. So do keep a note of them. Other items, this one always makes me chuckle when people fill this one in on the form professional dry cleaning. So you can claim dry cleaning on your tax return if you have to have your clothing cleaned because during the process of being a doctor, you have got them dirty. For example, a baby has been sick on you or you've had some blood on you or it's a very nice chat, of course, but anything that would soil your clothing because of you know doing your job, you could take it to the dry cleaners and that's an allowable cost. What isn't allowable is just giving me all of your dry cleaning receipts. This isn't just, oh, I like to get my suit dry cleaned once a month. And apparently RBP have told me I can claim that for tax purposes. No, it's not quite like that. So we will often review the dry cleaning charge and it's the, probably the one we question the most. If we think it's reasonable, you know, the cost of a shirt or two every other month, then fine. But if we can see you've put down a few thousand pounds for dry cleaning, we'll probably question it. So just keep in mind that it's reasonable and it's got to do with what happens during the process of your work. If you have paid for any kind of locum insurance or even paid for locums yourself to cover you while you've been off, again, keep a note of those and you can claim those on your tax return as a deduction against your income. Nine times out of 10, if you are paying locums and you're a GP partner, you will find that they are charged against you in the practice accounts. But on the odd occasion that you've paid a locum personally out of your own pocket, again, this would be able to be an expense that you can claim against your income. The other one on our form that always confuses people is we ask if you have paid your spouse a salary. So this is 2023. So less individuals listening will have a spouse or a partner who doesn't work. So this has been there for quite a while. But if you do have a partner who doesn't work or is a lower rate taxpayer and you are listening and you're a higher rate taxpayer, then it is acceptable for your spouse or your partner to do ad hoc admin work for you and for you to be able to claim that as a deduction. So on our form, we do state what the maximum is. That does change every year. It's in the region of £9,000 this year, but it does change. So I can't give the exact figure. If you are claiming a spouse's salary against your income, I must stress, you must pay this money to them. It can't just be a nominal, I've written this down on the form that I've paid my husband or wife £5,000. You do need to make the bank transfer. And what I would always recommend when you make the bank transfer into your spouse's bank account is you just put the description as salary 2223 or salary 2324 so that it's very clear, should it ever be questioned, this money was claimed by you and it was given to your partner or your spouse and they in turn will claim it on their personal individual tax return. If you have a spouse who is not working at all and their income is zero and they receive obviously effectively income of £5,000, this is going to bring them well below the threshold. At the moment, individuals in the UK don't pay tax until they're earning over £12,500, so there wouldn't be any declaration needed. But just to keep this in mind, 
if you are paying a spouse who's earning, say, £30,000 a year, an additional five, it will need to be declared and there will be a small amount of tax to pay. But that individual will pay the tax at 20%. And if you've claimed this against your tax return, you get the reduction at probably 45%. So you've made as a household a saving of 25% tax. It's not going to be the largest amount of money. But again, as with everything I've mentioned in this podcast today, you may as well claim it if you can. Anything that you're going to be able to deduct against your income, it's always better. Well, people always tell me it's always better to pay less tax if possible. If you have rental properties, you will be declaring rental income that you're receiving for those properties, of course, but you are also allowed to claim the expenses that go alongside that rental income. So, for example, if you pay a managing agent to manage the property, deal with the rental income coming in and out, that's going to be able to be offset. If you pay landlord's insurance, if you have a loan, you can claim an element of the mortgage interest. There is an adjustment now. It's not as advantageous as it used to be, depending on whether it's a residential or commercial property. Commercial property is far more advantageous. You get full tax relief on the interest. You can never get tax relief on the capital element of a loan. That goes for all loans. But do just make sure, again, if you have rental properties, you are claiming the expenses. Don't just tell us the rent. Make sure you claim the expenses as well, because again, in turn, that will reduce your taxable income. So in terms of expenses, that's pretty much it on the whole. I think other things that may not have covered bicycles. So instead of having a car, if you have a bicycle or an electric bicycle, you can claim, again, the cost of those repairs, etc. And again, do tell us the cost of the asset if you did purchase it. And then the final thing is if you've bought a doctor's bag or a stethoscope equipment to that extent, again, you can claim that as an allowable expense on your tax return. So hopefully just a few items of food for thought. If you haven't already done your tax returns, please do start thinking about collating that information, collating all your expenses, sending it into your tax manager or your accountant so that they can progress with preparing your tax return. You always want to have an ideal goal of having your tax information given to your accountant by the end of the summer, which gives us or them adequate time to prepare your tax return, turn that information around ahead of the January deadline. I know that individuals have in their mind, but you know, the deadline is January. Surely it's fine to send the information in in January. It is fine. However, lots and lots of individuals do send in their information in January. Again, like I say, it's always that task that everybody puts off. Plus, I do appreciate for some of you listening, you may receive documentation. You may need to wait. So you may need to wait for your P60 to come in. You might have, oh, I don't know, a share portfolio and you need to wait to get your printout from your investment portfolio to be able to tell you what to put on your tax return. I do understand that there may be some delays, but usually most information has been received within three to six months of the period end. So, you know, by the end of the summer or even September, October. So do try and send in the information as soon as possible. And if you do ever have any questions about things that you aren't sure if they're reasonable to claim, do always contact your accountant and we can advise. So hopefully you've taken away from this podcast some expenses that maybe you hadn't considered claiming before. So do make sure any questions you come to us and ask, can I claim this? And we'll advise you if you can or you can't. And if you have enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you like and subscribe. And I look forward to joining you next time. Bye. You have been listening to RBP's Accountancy on Prescription podcast. For any 
updates, please visit www.rbp.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at rbpca. The contents of this podcast is for general guidance and informational purposes only and does not constitute any form of advice. The information provided by RBP is of a general nature. Appropriate and tailored advice or independent research should be obtained before making any decisions. RBP does not accept any liability for any loss or damage which is incurred from you acting or not acting as a result of listening to Accountancy on Prescription.